Hello, everybody. It is Tuesday, December 6th, 2016. You're listening to Talking Games Podcast. I'm Bobby Shortle. I'm here with Justin Townsend. Hey there. Hugh Perry. Yo. Kelsey Lavati. Hey. Coming to you. We're recording on a Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. What? I know. It's crazy. Um, big, big weekend. Uh, Game Awards happened on Thursday. So the day the last show came out, that night, the Game Awards aired. And then this Sunday, uh, the, sorry, this Saturday was the PSX kind of keynote address. And this whole weekend was the, the PlayStation experience. So a lot of announcements, a lot of stuff came up. We didn't want to wait two weeks to talk about it. So we're going to kind of dive right in and, and start talking about it. Um, the Game Awards were the first thing on the docket. They were on Thursday. And uh, it's been interesting to see over the years how they've sort of evolved. You know, they were on Spike for a while, and they were very like, here's Samuel L. Jackson, and, and to, support, to present an award, and very, um, very not focused on the games th- themselves. Yeah. And since that the kind of TV stuff fell through, I feel like they've slowly started to become more about the games, though still having a lot of uh marketing you to do to pay for the awards to ha- themselves to happen um on the internet uh you know live stream on youtube and twitch and, and all that kind of stuff uh but for me the overall experience of the show i thought it was um i thought it was better than last year's i watched last year's as well i still think there are a couple things that hiccups that could be ironed out but i'm not sure if those are things that are able to be ironed out just because of the financial realities of it but overall um, the two hours I thought were good. You know, I thought that there was some really good moments. I, I liked some of the awards. I still wish that they spent more time. Um, I, I wish they weren't like packing an award with each other, you know, and just kind of saying like presenting an award and then saying, oh, and also we did this award and they went to this person or this game or this developer or what have you. I wish there was a little bit more focus on that stuff. Um, but I will say that I think that they're finding a balance. I just don't think they've they've gotten there yet. That's outside the announcements for me. That's kind of what I just thought of the show in general. Mm. Um, but I think it depends on what you're going to the show for. Like, I want to see trailers and I want to see gameplay, but I also want to see these games that have come out over the year that I really like kind of get their due and get and get uh, and get the the accolades that th- that they deserve. You're so, not there to see Run the Jewels. I'm not there to see Run the Jewels. Um, <laughs> however, like I I don't think that like just because I'm not into them, they shouldn't play there. I just don't think that musical guests that have nothing to do with the games in which are, that are being like promoted um sh- need to be at an award show like this yeah i mean last year it was churches and and uh the same thing i felt the same thing about them like why does i know why they're there because they're trying to bring in more attention and more publicity and i don't know if um you know bands are going on there are getting paid to go on there or if they're paying to get on there for, for the exposure i don't know what the deal is with all that kind of stuff um but you know i i think that for me, if it was like if there was a song in a game, um, and the artist one they wanted the artist to come on and sing that song, that'd be great. I mean, that's yeah. what, what the Oscars do, right? They're like, okay, these are the ones that are nominated for best original song. They're gonna perform. Um, but having just random musical guests, I don't, I don't see the purpose of it. Me either. Um, Hugh, did you watch get get to watch the show as a whole? I know it was kind of late for you. Um, in all honesty, I didn't watch any of it. Okay, because um. I wanted to. If it was if it was twenty four hours later, I pro- I would have stayed up and watched it. But seeing as how it was on a Thursday and started at one thirty a.m. my time, I skipped it. And then when I saw that it went on for about three hours, I was like, yeah, fuck that. I'll just look it up on IGN and see who won. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I didn't actually watch any of the show. I've saw like I I watched like little clips of it. I got enough, but in all honesty, normally award shows I tend to avoid because I just find them really cringeworthy. Mm. Which I understand. Why. Award shows are definitely like a flavor for for certain people. Uh, Kelsey, did you get to watch the show, or did you just kind of read up on the announcements and such? Um, I find every time I watch an award show, I watch it like half ass. <laughs> So I was watching it, but I was like still not completely invested. Most of my, like I had to recap, I had to go back on the sites and look it up, but I saw all the awards. I saw all the trailers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, when, that's probably the right way to watch an award show, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I always find, especially the video game awards, even when it was on Spike TV, like it's always so uh, cheesy. <laughs> They're like, oh. Uh, Justin, did you watch the whole thing? Uh, I had it on my laptop while I was playing something. Okay. So I was watching the TV and then looking down and then pausing. I forget what I was playing, but I was pausing when every, every time the trailers came on. And then I went back and I watched the awards, uh, like um, the game of the year thing. I wanted to see what Blizzard said. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I saw stuff like that. Um, I did happen to watch the acceptance for um, Game for Impact. So yeah. I got to, the one that I saw live was... Um, I forget the the guy's name, but accepting for that Ryan dragon Green. cancer. Yeah, yeah, Ryan Green for that dragon cancer. Yeah. And um that was like the best and the worst of the game awards in like one fell swoop. Mm-hmm. Um because you had this like really heartfelt, emotional speech going on about this man who created this game because he lost his son to cancer and it's about that that entire experience. And then it's like loud music and lights and yeah. now we're cutting to the the shit guys the razor sitting in the crowd mm-hmm. and it's just like the, the big disconnect between those two things but i found that yeah. speech to be really uh impactful yeah it was a it was a really nice moment um and a real real moment and that's the stuff i like about award shows or shows that recognize artistic achievement because you get stuff like that every yeah. once in a while um and you know i i feel <clears throat> I, I feel for like Jeff Keighley in that moment where he has to like that, that ad throw is set, you know? And so it's like, he, he doesn't know that that's going to happen before he does it. And so he has to go, he has to go, that's why we do this now off to the shit quattro shave man, you know? And yeah. it's like, it just, it just yeah. you know, that's the kind of moment where a, an award show that maybe has it shit together a little bit more is able to foresee uh, that and avoid it. Foresee and avoid it. And also, if you're looking at a network, it would be like, it would go to commercial. You know, it, it would like just go in like quietly to commercial and then come back. But there is none of that in, yeah. in, the, in the Video Game Awards. Um, it was running down the winners very quickly as we, we go here. Uh, you mentioned Blizzard. Game of the Year was Overwatch. Um, and they also won Best Studio. Blizzard won Best Studio. Uh, Best Narrative went to Uncharted 4, Thief's End. Art Direction went to Inside. Uh, Best Music and Sound Design went to Doom. Which was was the one musical performance that I yeah. I enjoyed. Um, <coughs> Nolan North won best performance. Um, Games for Impact we mentioned that Dragon Cancer best independent game went to Inside. Uh, best mobile handheld game went to Pokemon Go. Best VR game went to Res Infinite. Best action game went to Doom. Best action adventure game went to Dishonored Two. Best role playing game went to The Witcher Three: Wild Hunt Blood and Wine. Best fighting game Street Fighter Five. Best Family Game, Pokemon Go. Best Strategy Game, Civilization VI. Best Sports Racing Game, Forza Horizon 3. Which was funny because uh, Wes Zampella came out when the creators of Respawn. Um, and completely threw shade on the category. He was like, oh, this is a great category. 
like FIFA up against Mario Kart. Great, I love this category. And then did and then they did the nominees. <laughs> I was like, that's <laughs> he doesn't mind saying it how it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, best multiplayer game, Overwatch. Best esports player, and these were picked on by fans. Um, Cold Zera, who was a I believe a Counter Strike player. Best esports team, Cloud Nine. Best esports game, Overwatch. And trending gamer went to Boogie twenty nine eighty eight. They also had the whole controversy or like semi controversy about I think it was best fan creation. Yeah, yeah. They had and, to take uh, the Metroid game off of it, and I think there was another one that took off of it too. So it came down to two. Oh, I didn't even I, know that. I think it was that. Um, and Enderiel, the Shards of Order, won. Yeah. Um, and then most anticipated game was Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. And those last like four were all voted on. Five were voted on by fans. Yeah. The rest were kind of you know panel of judges and stuff like that, much like they do with the E3 o- awards. Um, so yeah, I mean that's the show over on itself. I thought that pretty much the nominees and the winners were, were pretty good. I thought that it was like a it was very respectable in that way. They didn't feel like anything shilly about any of those actual awards, which was which was a good thing to see. Uh, now, getting on to like what people were most excited about, the sort of announcements and trailers that happened there. Um, I I don't know if we just want to talk about what stood out to us the most. Just I know you have, you have a list. Of, uh, yes. Uh, of the Game Awards stuff. I mean, we'll start out with <coughs> a couple of the really big ones. Obviously, they showed two new Legend of Zelda um trailers one of which was a straight-up trailer the other one was a gameplay a demo done by nintendo's treehouse uh both of which showcased you know one very cinematic one very just like hey this is what happens when you just play the game and walk around and stuff like that um hugh were you impressed by the zelda stuff um yeah that game looks absolutely gorgeous um i like i said before on one of the other shows i said um I'm more than likely going to get myself a Nintendo Switch, and that game is one of the big reasons why it looks like it's going to be um, pretty spectacular. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey, what about you? Um, Nintendo could put Zelda on a marshmallow and I'll buy it. I'm just... <laughs> I know I'm going to get it. It looks great. I'm going to play it. I didn't even need to see the trailer to know that I was going to love it. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, for me, actually, Justin, you, you, you were impressed by it at E3, uh, the trailers and stuff. And you're like, I've never played a Zelda guy. What did you think of the stuff they showed at the Game Awards? It looked really good. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to play it. <laughs> you sound very excited. <laughs> he says no. with much conviction. <laughs> I, you know, for real though, like, uh, I, I do think it looks good. Um, I really am into the whole art style that they have going for the game. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to see more than just like snippets. Like I'd love to see like a long gameplay session because a lot of times when I'm looking at the world, it looks very like the fields just look very wide open, which is like what I said a year and a half ago almost with the first time we saw any any type of gameplay for it. Um, but that said, I'm still like I'm still going to play it. It's going to be the first Zelda game I really ever like played to completion. Mm-hmm. So. We'll see. Come back at the end of the year next year for my thoughts on it. Because <laughs> it'll probably take me that long to beat it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it looks great. I, you know, I think that it was nice to see, even if it was in a very compressed form, just sort of people playing the game yeah. uh, on the show. And, you know, to get to see um, sort of the different ways you can approach certain situations. And I think that's what they're sort of 
they're highlighting a lot of ways and, and the systems that have sort of never been in Zelda games before, the cooking mechanics and sort of this more, um, for the first time, very open world feeling Zelda game. Um, it's had like hub world, open world before, but this feels much more vast than yeah. that. And I'm excited to see that. And also, I think that, again, echoing Hughes, I think it looks beautiful. I think it's going it, yeah, it's a great really art does. style and choice for that. Food. Food in games is the way to go right now. It is. It's it's very hot right now. I was actually thinking open world games <laughs> are like going out for at least for me anyway. Yeah. Like when Zelda was all hub worlds, I was all about oh, I want I want the biggest open world imaginable. Now it's like I have no time for anything. Give me hub worlds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll have to see. I, I'm I'm anxious to see kind of like the the nitty gritty of the game. Like what what if any kind of like a, sorry fast travel system they have involved in that thing and stuff like that, but. People are already posting weird theories about that trailer they showed, and you know we get like Zelda's shoulder and and her hair, but we don't get anything else, and all this other kind of stuff. So I'm I'm anxious to see how that develops. Again, we're probably only a couple months away from that game at this point, but yeah, it they definitely were very big and very focused there, and you can see why uh, the Game Awards took that Metroid game off the list, considering that was such a big part of that whole sort of production they had going on there. Uh, the other thing for me, obviously, the show kicked off with the 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 game icon award for Hideo Kojima that Jeff Keighley gave and gave. I thought he was a going to cry or be proposed <laughs> or be proposed to Hideo Kojima. Um, it was very heartfelt. She would blame him. <laughs> it was very heartfelt and sweet, but um, uh, you know, it it just I think it went on just a little bit too long. Just a little, just a little bit too long, but it it was it was nice and and at the the sort of benefit of that was we got to see some more from Death Stranding, and it this trailer didn't feature the Norman Reedus character. We had a character who was Guillermo del Toro, motion captured by Guillermo del Toro, director of <laughs> yeah. Pan's Labyrinth, who, and who look who had a who has a scar across his forehead that looks like the top of his head's being removed and then reattached. Yes, and and um. We also got some Mads Mikkelsen in 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 this trailer, who's obviously TV's Hannibal, who was the bad guy in um, Casino Royale. Um, but the trailer basically, um, it's still just as weird um, as the first one, except it does sort of lay out a little bit of what the world sort of is. Like we get like a state of the world sort of situation. We see a military that looks sort of. Either they're wearing like skull masks or they're like skeletons marching. They're straight up skeletons. Yeah, marching. Um, they're sort of like look like kind of like World War II sort of biplanes, but they had like modern machine guns um, as well. And there was a tank that sort of had an octopus in it. I don't really know what they're some sort of slithery creature. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was guts. Yeah, and then um, we saw. Uh, the Madden Spickleson character, who appears to be sort of the villain of this story, uh, come out of the water and have sort of like slave, I guess, um, soldiers around him that he could send out to do his bidding. That's what it seemed like. Um, and he had like the... It was funny because it it was a lot like the beginning of Ground Zeroes, like the first, the shot of Madden Spickleson. It was like the first time you see Snake in Ground Zeroes with like the three with the yeah. night vision goggles on and he pulls them off of his head. Um, but then he pulled them off of his head and they disappeared and it became his hair. Yeah. They just turned to ash. It just turned to ash. And then it was just his hair. Um, and I mentioned that Gilmore Toro was holding a baby in a jar. 
in his hands. Now, <coughs> appa- now this is also that came out after, but apparently if you play both the first Death Standing trailer and the second simultaneously, when the baby disappears from Norton's hands in that trailer, it appears in the jar. In, That's not coincidence. And it's not coincidence. It, not at all. It really does. I've I've watched the side by side videos, and yeah. it it's true. Yeah, I mean, Kojima's one who said like watch watch them both. Like there there's a lot there's stuff you don't you're not seeing, and and so dove into that. And this is sort of fast forwarding a little bit, but um, after the conference at PSX, there was like a Death Stranding panel, and we found out that he's using the uh, the Decima engine, I believe it's called, the engine that uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is is built on. And Gorilla is kind of helping with the technical aspects of, of the game and that thing. So it does have an engine that's being built on. So there you go. I mean, that's what we that's what we know. Come back in 2019. <laughs> yeah, 2019 <laughs> is probably a good. <clears throat> that's on the early side. I, I could see late 2018. Uh, I don't know. The game is obviously in active development now. Let's say it started probably around E3. So let's say like... I think two and a half years is enough time. For Kojima? Yeah, for Kojima. Uh, I mean, he says he wants to make it quicker than their games. That, we'll see. That's what he says, anyway. Where now he has, like, full power, though. Yeah, he, had full, he always had full power. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> he just now has full power and probably no one who's going to be like, no. No, no. exactly. Yeah, but no one's going to say no to him, so he's going to be like, actually... I want to throw out the whole first half of the game and redo it. But I feel like no one, <laughs> I feel like in the past, everyone tried to say no. They just said like, no. And he was like, okay, but now I can listen to you. But I feel like now just no one will even be, say like, no, They'll just like, okay, do whatever you want. Uh, but again, we don't know what the, the thing is. Um, obviously I'm a big Kojima fan and I, I'm on board for whatever this craziness ends up being. I mean, it's going to end up being probably some sort of open world action game or, or something, but um if it if it has th- these trailers hint at a tone and, and elements happening that he hasn't really messed with before which i think would be interesting yeah yeah absolutely um hugh how, how did you feel about the trailers um the death stranding one i thought was pretty cool i've watched it loads of times <laughs> um i said it should be a, a challenge where you try, try to describe it to someone without sounding like a fever dream <laughs> There is no um, way that's possible, though. Yeah, yeah. I, um, me and Justin are throwing sort of like our various theories about what the game might be about. I've, I have a theory that it might be kind of like a children of men type story where like children are either you know they're not born anymore, they're sort of grown, and maybe this is like the last child or something. Um, we should hear Justin's but, theory though before we move on. Oh. Yes, Justin, give us how give us yours. So it's obviously some sort of like undead world or like some afterlife is what we're thinking. We're um, thinking what you're thinking. What I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> well, judging from everything you've seen, you see skeletons roaming around. You assume it's some sort of version of the afterlife. There is some sort of scars on everybody. Um Norman Reedus had a big, you know, um uh, chest scar mm. or stomach scar that it revealed he has opened up at some point. And uh, same thing with Guillermo del Toro. So my thought was that the baby is, like, you're in some version of the afterlife and the baby shouldn't be there. Like, the baby is suspended between life and death in the real world. And um, Norman Reedus or Guillermo del Toro has to somehow get the baby back to a spot where it could be delivered back into the land of the living. 
and Mads Mikkelsen is the antagonist who feels like the soul is his and wants to keep it there. Because Guillermo del Toro is hiding from things in this trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's very careful with that canister. So it leads me to believe he's the protector of the baby. Why? The baby looks like a, just a normal baby mm-hmm. as opposed to anything else in the trailer. So it doesn't belong in that world. That was my idea. And Hell I thought yeah. that would be a cool game to play. <laughs> Kelsey, wh- what did you take away from these trailers? Um, I actually tried explaining it to my boyfriend. And I was like, yeah, so there's the guy and he's running with the baby. But then there's another baby on the floor. And my boyfriend's like, what are you saying? Like, none <laughs> of this makes sense. I'm like, exactly. That's the point. That's Kojima. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be like nothing what we even expect. Like, you guys have these theories. It's just like completely different. Yeah, yeah just... it's probably it's probably going to be like a tennis game or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that Kojima said um, it's heavily based on themes around the evolution of mankind. Mm. So like that's sort of a clue. But even at that, I... <laughs> he's may as well just say three different words in the dictionary for all it matters. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but as a striking tone and 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 Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that's what i like most about it that if i'm gonna see uh, trailers like this which are so so early that's all i really want is like give me a tone give me something to to think about and to talk about yeah because i am not even if they much of this and them try to show something that looked like gameplay you know or or looked like it was in engine i would this is what i want to see in 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 these sort of scenarios because i wanted just no tone because i know none of it's real yet it's all just sort of stuff he's making up right now to to show people to put but keep the sort of name fresh in people's heads so yeah exactly yeah 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 i think the whole thing's just really like evocative it's got that sort of i know it's not actually radiohead but the music in it is very sort of Mm radiohead-esque um Mm -hmm. and it just it just sets a really good sort of mood for the sort of weird, twisted reality that it looks like it takes place in. You know, it might not be too far off now that I'm thinking about it, because he can't run these type of <laughs> Make trailers mind at every E3. <laughs> oh, yes, he can. You know how many Metal Gear, tra- how many Metal Gear 5 trailers, how many Metal Gear 4 these, trailers? These like heavily cinematic, two, three-minute long trailers? <laughs> just watch the history of Kojima at E3 and with the Metal Gear games, <clears throat> and you'll see how crazy yeah. he can be. Um no, but I mean, I think in another year, like in next E3, there'll be some sort of like early alpha. This is what the game actually is looking like. You okay. know, that's that's what I feel like. And, right. and they'll slowly get more and more. But I feel like late 2018 is like a decent time for that. I mean, you might be right. It might be 2019, but I, I feel like that's like a, a doable time if he's actually trying to do stuff faster than he had said before. Um, but we have a, a lot of other games to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but let me ask Kelsey, what, what, what other trailers from the night, um, got you excited? Um, I never played Mass Effect, but Mass Effect got me excited. It, it's space. So obviously I'm hooked and it just looks so beautiful. And like, it, it reminded me a bit of, um, the No Man's Sky gameplay, but much better. <laughs> interesting you mean (laughs) (laughs) because they said in the trailer that um there's many dangers the wildlife the biology of the planet and that reminded me a lot of the no man's sky but it just looked um more 
well, it's a video more beautiful. Game. I don't know how else to say it. It's a video game with shooting and powers and, yeah. and stuff. And those yeah, things like... are more likely to actually be in the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Justin, obviously, you're a huge Mass Effect fan. Yes. Um, they showed a good bit of Andromeda. They did. Uh, what did mm-hmm. you think? I thought it looked great. Um, I'm a little bit bummed that it's so far in the future. Like it, they said they were gonna make a clean break, but I kind of didn't want them to because I want to know what Liara is up to. Like I left her, and I need to know if she's all right. <laughs> but I guess I'm never gonna find out. Nope. Um. So that aside, I thought what they showed was really strong. I thought it looked really good. Uh, the only problem mm-hmm. right now is we're in this like weird area where we don't know if things are running on a pro or mm-hmm. if they're running on uh, a base model. So. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean that also could have been a, that also could have been, been a oh, PC. Like, it, you're right. It could have been um, amped up PC. They didn't. There was that was console agnostic. They didn't talk about anything like that. I thought it looked really, really good. Yeah, I think it looks good. I mean, I'm excited for it. Um, I, I talked to you via text. Like the the stuff for me that I'm most excited with Mass Effect for is stuff they don't show in trailers. You can't you can't show that stuff. No, in trailers, of course so. not. But I like I like the walking around the ship and talking to all the people and and picking all your conversation options and like and, and the politics of like who you're going to sort of side with in situations and who you're not going to side with and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. And they showed like they, they, they showed enough of it to be like, it's in there. Like here's a conversation wheel and here's like a, a Paragon or a Renegade choice or whatever. Uh, but that's stuff I, I like the most about Mass Effect. And I, I don't expect that to be in a trailer. I will say what I saw of the action looks much more fluid much more fluid uh, and much more like they have sort of a base of the action combat base is there a lot more than with mass effect i mean i mean it got better every series oh for sure or it, every game in the series yeah but it looks like this one just takes like the next leap forward yeah like, i always play i told you this i always play as the assault guy mm-hmm. but that trailer s- sold me on playing as biotic for the first time well apparently there's not going to be a very class-based s- system here it's not going to be like pick a class and then oh, interesting. it's going to go like that. You're going to be able to sort of, I think, mix, mix and, match and match and customize as you go. I mean, I would have loved that in the other games, so yeah. that's good news to me. Yeah, I mean, what, what I liked most about it was, you know, by the time Mass Effect 3 came around, it was a, like, competent third-person shooter encased by all this really cool RPG stuff. Uh, this looks like, I mean, you don't even see the guy, you don't see the, the, the character, the, uh, I don't know the lead character's name, the female character's name. Ryder? Um, that, that might be the last name? I think it's the last name is Ryder. Because I think there's a brother and sister, yeah. right? Yeah. And the last name is Ryder. Yeah. So you don't see her take cover like at all, basically. She's basically out in the open, shooting and then warping back and forth. And they made it look very dynamic and very cool. And I, I hope that... And it looked a lot more fr- like like free roaming, too, as far as just the way the combat happened. Because in Mass Effect, like when you got in the combat situation, it wasn't as bad as like Gears where you walk into a hallway and it's always side cover. But it basically was a very like structured like yeah. here's this room you're gonna be in enemies are on the end of the room you're on this side of the room and let's let's see what happens this it seemed like a battlefield almost that you're running around on yeah. and it looks almost you know a lot like a Dragon Age in, in the way that sort of the character models looked and stuff like that I know they, they said, said they were leaning on that a little bit yeah I'm just hoping that with like the different power sets the problem my problem with Dragon Origins was just, I think I just picked the wrong class. And I tried to play it, and I was very bored by by the combat. But again, with this, the combat looks cool. But I'm more in for like the the space opera politics of it. And they're good at that stuff. They're very good at it. So that's why I I said I mentioned specifically Deus Ex when I talked to you about it because on the lead of Deus Ex, 
Mankind Divided, it was all like, oh, badass action, stab with your, 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 your cyber blade stuff. And I was like, this is not what the game is, is going to be. It's going to be this for 10% of it. The rest of it's going to be you stinking around and hacking emails and talking to people. It also looks like they're going back to a lot of um, what made Mass Effect, the original Mass Effect, really shine. The first that game? Was, yeah. That was more heavily RPG focused in, in as much as like, I'm going to pick what bullets I'm using in this gun. Like it had oh, yeah, more RPG right. elements in that. that. And it looked that. Like, like now it's like you're going to have to craft your own armor mm. or your weapons and so on and so forth. So, that, I mean, that's a nice return to form for the series. Yeah. And I'm wondering just how open and stuff the planets are going to be. Uh, well, it, it can't be more closed off than 3 was. 3 was really closed off. Yeah, no, I know. I'm, I, I'm assuming it's going to be more open than that. If they're following Dragon Age Origins, you're going to have these big open spaces that load into another space. Yeah. I'm wondering, though, because the problem, the, not the problem with that, but Dragon Origins, it's easy to go like, okay, here are like three or four big land masses, but the, in Mass Effect, there's like tons of planets, right? So how are you going to, unless the game is just massive, how are you going to pick and choose which planets are just like, they, uh, you can go to one base on this planet, and then there's another planet that was huge. Like, I, I don't know how, what they're going to do. In the first game, you could drive the Mako around, oh, yeah, and they've renamed the Mako something. I think the Nomad. Yeah, the Nomad. Um. But you couldn't land on every planet because some planets were completely inhospitable. Oh, yeah, I know. So, like, they could have a spot where it's like, oh, there's only one spot you could land on here because this is all that this <laughs> alien race has cleared away. It's the only safe spot on the planet. They could get, they could get oh, away yeah. with stuff like that. For sure, for sure. Um, I'm just wondering what that mix is, is going to be. Um, Q, are you a Mass Effect guy? I don't even know. Oh, yeah, I've played... Um, yeah, I've played all three of them. I mean, I... I played them in a funny order, actually. I played the third one first and then went back and played them through. Um, I do, like, echoing what Justin said, I do think if they go for a more sort of traditional RPG type feel to this um, and then refine the combat side of it, I think we're in for something really special because, like, like you said, the one, one thing that did get better throughout the games was the one thing i hated about the first one was the combat was just really clunky um and i i really didn't get on with that side of it and by the third one they they sort of made it so it it handled pretty well so if they can turn it into the the combat side of it being fun to play and handles nicely and then having a a full-on sort of rpg with crafting elements and um like you say, it's just sort of like if you've got your character so you can upgrade their their strength, their vitality, their dexterity or whatever and and personalize a character so it's exactly how tailored to how your playing style is. Um and I th- I think that'll be really cool because I don't I don't think there's there'll be another sort of hard sci fi RPG like that out there. So if they if they can pull it off which I'm fairly certain they will do. I think it's going to be pretty damn cool. Very cool. Very cool. So, Hugh, what other trailers were you psyched for? Um, One I watched back earlier on, which I'm not exactly sure whether it's Next Machina. I'm guessing it's Next Machina. Um, It's made by the... Oh, that was did. on PSX. That was PSX. Let's, yes. let's stick the Game Awards for right now. Oh, okay. Um... In all honesty, I can't remember what other. Um, well, it's good because Justin's got well, a list. I have a list. Trailers, they were. <laughs> I'm gonna run through. I'm gonna run through some of the. Um, all blurred into one. Yeah. 
It was a busy weekend. I'm going to run through some of the the quick hits. Uh, yeah, go so ahead. to speak. Um, I thought it was really cool that Warframe just keeps continuing to be like, "Hey, come play Warframe. It's actually really good." <laughs> How they got on the Game Awards, I don't know, but Warframe is like a neat little thing if you haven't tried it. So it's pretty cool. Um, I thought it was neat. Uh, Phoenix Labs uh, was created by former developers of Bioware, yeah. and they're making that four-player free-to-play RPG, Dauntless. Yeah, it looks so good. The trailer was cool, but yeah. For- Unless you went to the internet, I was like, what is this game? Because it didn't tell me anything about what the game was as far as the trailer was goes. But the the the, the art of the trailer was cool. It was cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, they showed some Lawbreakers. Yeah, which wh- is, uh, I am fucking psyched for Lawbreakers. I played it. It's something. Yeah. It's like it's over, it, it's Overwatch-esque, but with a very mature-rated spin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, some, neat, some neat abilities in there. And it looks super fast. Yes, it's fast. Um, Telltale's worst kept secret was Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, <laughs> woo, which I think we talked about like hell yes three yeah. weeks ago or something. That Guardians show. This a hole is ready for that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, Halo Wars Two did another story trailer. Yeah, yeah. The Walking Dead season three showed off their first real trailer. Yeah, uh, introducing the new protagonists. And that's December twentieth. Two episodes on December twentieth. Two. I didn't know that. Yeah, he said oh, the nice. he said the first episode was so long that they had to make it two parts. So it's oh, wow. two episodes. Um. I will say I, I was looking for that's one of the trailers I was looking forward to the most, um, and it's a good trailer. But as a person who has lived the last ten years of like zombie craziness that we've had in the in like video games, TV, movies, everything, I kind of have this like, do we really need to see the first encounter thing again? Like these grand, you, you want to be in it now. Yeah, you just be in it. Like we all know what's gonna happen. Someone's gonna die. They're gonna come back. Someone's not gonna think they're dead. They're gonna get bit, and then there's gonna be a horrible killing of a loved one. And it's like this is how I <laughs> figured out I have the zombie. The the real monsters are us, you know. But the end of that trailer is awesome because yeah. like Clementine knifes a zombie in the head and then like cocks a shotgun and it says everyone dies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite part. Uh, this is the last uh, was like technically the last announcement that's why i saved it for last mm. um was the prey gameplay oh yeah the prey. from arcane mm-hmm. uh which looks like a really nice mix of bioshock and dishonored yeah there's uh, that part where you be- go into a coffee mug you become like a mist you become a, a coffee mug yeah and roll into a locked room uh yeah that 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 actual little part of the trailer kind of sold me on it mm-hmm. uh, also the part um where he's using like a foam gun to like make it so he can climb up walls yeah which i thought was really cool um that's like one of my most anticipated right now yeah that was a cool trailer i mean that's got that great um sort of system shock bioshock type of feeling to that like, yeah. i'm alone on a space station but i'm not really alone there's things here with me yeah feeling to it yeah it seemed cool i mean it seemed like it was falling in that tradition and those guys are good at making first person you know action world building games so yeah. that that seems like right up their alley like I'm playing Dishonored 2 right now, and that thing is <laughs> shocked, full of like, take a look at this place that you're in, mm-hmm. and like feel it. And you could like smell the air in it because you can imagine what it's like to be in this place. Like they're very good at that. Yeah. So to be on a space station like that, that'd be cool. Yeah, it looks neat. Looks like it falls in the footsteps of a lot of those great science fiction stories. Yep. That was the Game Awards. That was the Game Awards, huh? And then PSX came and smacked us in the face. It's true. Real hard. <laughs> It's yeah, true. it did. There was it was a busy two hour hour press conference. It it's was like an hour and ten minutes. An hour and ten over. minutes. They went over. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, they, they normally two hours. So I was, yeah, I was surprised when they were like, "This is the last announcement." I was like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> I, had, I actually had read uh, like about an hour or two before they had cut it down to it, like it was going to be an hour long, and I was like, I was just a little bit disappointed. Um, I went to PSX last year, yeah. and you know, I was like, like, it was really cool being there in the crowd, but there wasn't really any like really great announcements while I was there. They announced Paragon and a couple other things, but like that first year when they did the Uncharted reveal um that was like something and so like i always felt like this is like a big marquee thing like yeah and i feel like bringing it down to one hour is probably the right move yeah. because if with if they had announced everything it announced in the hour over two hours there would have definitely been like that lull period of time where yeah. you're, you're like yeah okay great we got like instead of they did announce a bunch of remasters and it, and those were all packed like into like a very quick succession if yeah. that had been like a big featured announcement even like Okay, like, can we just move on? So it was very smart that, that how they how they, they went it up. through. Yeah. I, I, I did like the um, it was a very much sort of like no bullshit type yes deal. Mm-hmm. Like one thing that makes me like just chew my knuckles when I'm watching stuff at E3 is just like those horrible scripted like gameplay demos and stuff like that. And it's just great how like the guys will come on stage and it's like, yeah, we got loads of stuff to show you, so let's get on with it. And then say... they just show you a load of trailers, and it's like cool this is great just stuff lots and lots of stuff um what's the xbox name's boss phil Phil spencer he can pull off that i'm gonna wear a gaming t-shirt and like a suit jacket thing or a blazer like really well sean Layden. yeah but he always does it i know but he can't he always does it but he only does it at (laughs) psx i know he only does it because last year he came out on the crash with the crash t-shirt and stuff but it just like it was one of those things where it's like no, like you're trying too hard. Just, just be you. But this year, the game that what he was wearing actually was on the stage. Yes, so that was cool. Um, but they kicked it off with that, like, it was it was a really cool way to open the show because they cold opened just starting on a gameplay demo of someone walking through like a market and, um, you know, it, it was a female character. I thought it was Tomb Raider the whole time. Um, that's what a lot of people thought. When, I, when she pulled off her mask, I still thought it was I Tomb Raider. Still, I did. I did <laughs> yeah, too. me too. I thought it was Lara. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was Lara as well. Um, and then I realized like right afterwards that it wasn't. But uh, So it was, it was Uncharted. Um, what's the subtitle? The Lost Legacy. The Lost Legacy. Which we were discussing before we started recording exactly what it is. But And we'll get to that in, in a second. But the funny thing about though that trailer, I've been watching it with my wife. And we're sitting there. And one of the first things he does is walk by like a door of like a hut. And... And my wife goes, she goes, that looks like the, uh, the places that were like an Uncharted 2 with, when you're with that girl, Chloe. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Not even thinking about it, you know? Um, and then as we were watching it, I was like, and it was, I think, it was when I think she was on the roof and like you saw the, 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 the town below her and stuff. And I was like, this looks like a Naughty Dog game. Like this, this is so, it's so detailed and, it, and it's so crisp and it looks so good. I was like, it looks like a Naughty Dog game, but I was like, it's either Naughty Dog. I was like, but or it's the new Tomb Raider, but it's too early for them to show like this of the new Tomb Raider. Like I could imagine like a cinematic trailer for the new Tomb Raider. Um, but then at the end, she pulls off her mask and it's uh, it's Chloe, uh, who hasn't been there since Uncharted 3, I believe was the last time she was in. Yeah. She's not Uncharted 4 at all. And Nadine, who was a character introduced in Uncharted 4, um, kind of a mercenary for hire kind of character. The- antagonists for one of the partial antagonists yeah she was yeah. rafe was a way more of the antagonist in that game and but she's a badass she is she a badass yeah took on the drake boys <laughs> but yeah so i thought it was cool i mean 
You know, it was, it's going to be like a, a $30? Well, they haven't announced pricing. They okay. said this actually started as um, what was going to be the DLC for Uncharted 4. Okay. And now it's grown into its like own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be bigger than The Last of Us Left Behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but smaller than Uncharted 4. So they've okay. moved it into its own. Like, you're going to be able to walk into a GameStop and buy this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if uh, Up until, I think, the end of the month, um, I, I don't have the exact date in front of me. If you still buy the Uncharted digital deluxe version or whatever, I think they're like, it's like 20-something bucks right now, you get this with it. Okay. Um, so I, if I had to guess, like, at a starting price point for something that's not a game, you're looking at 30 to 40 bucks. Like, yeah. not a DLC, but not a full game, mm-hmm. 30 to 40 bucks. So, if you can get it for 22 and you like the Uncharted stuff, go for it. <laughs> and it takes place after Uncharted 4. Oh, after Uncharted 4. It definitely okay. takes place after Uncharted 4. Okay. Um, so, whatever's happened in Uncharted 4 has already happened. Nadine has left, you know, mm-hmm. had her things to say in Uncharted 4 and then moved on, and now she's hooked up with Chloe. Okay. That's neat. Yeah. That, it was a hell of a way to start the show. Yeah. Too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Kelsey, have you ever played any Uncharted games? I uh, know, but I watched my friend. Mm. He's really, really into it. Uh, it looked fun, but it's an again, it's an action open world kind of game. It's not open world. So I, yeah, it's, it's a no it's, way open world. Yeah, it, they're, yeah, they are quite super linear. <laughs> yeah, if you played The Last of Us, you can play Uncharted for yeah, sure. For yeah? sure. Yeah. Oh yes, for sure. They're, oh, they're, people made it seem so different. No, okay. no. I mean, in tone, very, it's very different, but yeah. But in terms of you know, it's feel. It's you know. It's got that those naughty dog, yeah, like, tr- trademark touches. So, yeah, give it a go. Like, it's the story is really really cool. Uncharted Four is... gameplay is fun. Yeah, I really want to because it won a lot of awards and like everyone really liked it. Mm-hmm. And so I just have to pick it up and get into it. Yeah, it's a great game. And the uh, yeah, the first three are they are 15 on bucks. Yeah, they you get you get the yeah. original trilogy for fifteen bucks on the, PS4. And those are super linear. Yeah, four opens mm-hmm. up a little bit, a little bit, but it's. I wouldn't even say it opens up into like hub world spaces no. or like oh maybe there's like two directions mm. you could go here. Yeah, it doesn't open up. Yeah. Doesn't open up any more than I'd say some of those areas in Last of Us are. Yeah, there you go. It's very similar oh, to okay. those like you could go down this I, 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 this way to like and you fight these ten people or you can try to sneak around them this way like that. It's very similar like in in, in structure in that way and the combat is nearly identical. Um, yeah. Oh, perfect. And and it's worth playing Uncharted two just for the opening segment. Yeah, I mean, it still is the best the best game of the series, in my opinion. But the yeah. opening segment of that game is one of the best things you'll ever play. Yeah, it's amazing. It, yes, they're definitely all worth playing. Yeah. The first one is a little tough to go back to only because it, it, the game design wise, it has some dated elements to it, but you'll be able to get through it. it. And it takes like six hours to beat the first one, I think. And then probably eight to ten to beat the second one. And the same for the third. And then the fourth one was a little bit longer. Was it 14? 15 hours to, Something beat, like that, yeah, yeah. to beat the fourth one. Yeah, it's not, they're not huge games. <laughs> no, not huge at all, but they're, they're great. And, the, and acting-wise, second to none, really, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, it was cool that they kicked off with this. Chloe was a big fan-favorite character from, from 2 and 3, and it's nice to have her back. She was uh, oddly missing from 4. Yeah, one of the only characters they didn't like bring back, even for like a little moment or referenced at all. I yeah, don't think. yeah, no, they did, did they reference her in the in the attic. They referenced her, yeah, definitely. Okay. But um, I think they said like, oh, you know, where your friend Chloe would come along, and he was like, oh no, she's doing this or this right now oh, okay. or something. So that was that. But yeah, that's the way they kicked off the show, and that was a great way to to kick off the show. Um, it, it was it looked cool. It was 
engaging. It was exciting. Um, it, I mean, if you go by that trailer, it looks like the, the stealth elements will be a little bit more sort of focused in this one. She was a lot sort of hiding and, and so, but uh, maybe that's just for the trailer, but a lot of times with, with trailers like this, they try to show you sort of overall direction in as small a time as possible. So I would think that's what it was like, but that was, it's cool. It's, it definitely was a good, good way to kick it off. What happened next, Justin? They showed Marvel's Capcom Infinite. Uh, Infinite, that's right. Which is for fighting game people. I have a couple of friends who are really into that series. Mm-hmm. And in the week leading up to PSX, I was texting back and forth with the two of them. And one was like, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The other one's like, I'm optimistic. And then um, they're like strange because they don't actually watch. Like they didn't watch to see if it got announced. <laughs> they're like, I'll just rely on the internet to let me know. I'm like, this is important to you. Like you should be watching. Um, so they, they were really excited. It looked cool. It looked really cool. Um, they're making some changes to the series, yeah. um, which I can't tell you anything about because I'm not really good at fighting games. But instead of 3v3, it's 2v2. Yeah. They added the uh, Infinity Stones, which is like they were like going on and on about it. It was like, all right, great. Looks cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's 2v2, it's tag, 2v2 yeah. tag. Um, it's not going to have sort of that, uh, in, as much insanity, I think, as the previous games They had. said they wanted to make it more uh, easily accessible for newcomers. Yeah, and they didn't show very many characters. Um, Four so far. They showed, no, because they, they showed something else where they showed Captain America. Oh, that's right, six. Someone six else. so far. Morgan. Uh, Morgan, yeah. So all people you'd expect to be in these games, because she's been in all of the like versus games that I can't even remember uh even the like Tatsunoko versus Capcom and all that kind of stuff. The rumor is that the Marvel characters will be more inspired by um the MCU. Yeah, that's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, uh, yeah cuz the X-Men was in there. They weren't there. Uh but supposedly another rumor is that Fantastic Four and X-Men will come to the game as DLC. Okay, yeah. I'd heard that ah. they would end up being in the game. It's weird. It's weird that the X-Men are in there cuz the X-Men were like prime Started characters it, yeah. in in the in the yeah. pr- previous Marvel vs. Capcom games which they released uh Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 yeah they bought it and they're playing it on the PSN already, yeah um uh, that day yeah it's like 25 bucks yeah so if you want your X-Men fix there's probably plenty in there but yep. it's cool it's cool um do you want me to start like running down some of the, the things here I yeah can, I can nail a couple of the quick ones by uh, the way when I saw when I first saw Mega Man though I thought it was gonna be like a Mega Man game Oh no! I knew right away. I, I I didn't even think of it I, until until you saw like Ryu or what have you. Yeah. Um, next, Machina is for the coming from the guys who did Resogun and Eugene Jarvis, yeah. who is the creator of like Smash Arcade. Yeah. So yeah, or cool. Smash TV. Smash TV. So you were going to talk about this before, Hugh. Yeah. Um. I just I I do quite enjoy like the top down shooters. Like I enjoyed Dead Nation and stuff like that. I know it's like completely different developers, but no, same developer. I just actually. Love, that's the same developer. Same developer. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. They did that. Um, Alienation. <laughs> Resogun. Ah, fair enough. Resogun. Was, yeah. Super Stardust. I'm definitely down for that. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just like the trailer was really cool with that sort of. It had a very sort of Matrix um, feel about it, um, and the the art in that trailer was awesome. Very sort of anime style and it that game just looks absolutely crazy judging from the little sort of like clips of um gameplay footage they had in it so yeah i'm i'm definitely on board for that one that's that's that will be a purchase on day of release for me i reckon can i, can I ask you in what way does it remind you of the matrix um in every single way <laughs> well <Sold>. it just <laughs> there's like <laughs> it there, you know it looks like the sentinels there's a guy sat in the in the seat who looks like he's like oh in know, the animated so. in like the in like the uh, yeah. hand drawn stuff you're talking about 
Yes. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Okay. I did preface what I said with the animation, Bobby. Well, that could the game is also animated, Hugh. (laughs) 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 You had to watch your verbiage when you're talking about video games. All right, (laughs) go ahead, Justin. All right, so now we get to the whole part of where like let's let's re-release a whole bunch of old games: Parappa, Patapon, Loco Roco remasters coming in 2017. That was cool. That was cool. Fuck yeah, Parappa! I I played the Parappa demo, which was all of five minutes. The last time I played Parappa was the PS1 demo. Yeah. When it was on disc. I love that game. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, cool, the Patapon. That's a cool thing. Yeah. yeah. Greg uh, Miller was very I, excited. I looked it up, <laughs> yeah. even though I don't follow him anymore. I was like, <laughs> I got to see what he said. Um, they showed the Crash stuff, yeah. which is just like, I, I, a whole bunch of people better buy that game. It's just not for me. Like, no. I, like I was never a big Crash person. I, know, I, I to you, you were, were you excited about the Crash announcement? Um. I, in all honesty, I had completely forgotten that they were remastering Crash Bandicoot games. Um, I, I did enjoy... I remember really enjoying them on, on PS1. Um, but I'm, I don't know. I don't know whether games like that, maybe it's a bit of a dog that's had its day now. Um, that being said, I probably will buy it and play it. But... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know I'm very... It's absolute garbage, but I'll probably buy it and play it. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not going to be garbage. They were good, fun games, so I, I can't imagine that's changed. But I think having played it when, you know, years and years ago, like, you know, like the what? first Crash Bandicoot was probably around the about the same time as the first Resident Evil game, I'd imagine, yeah. around then. Yeah. Um, it, so it'll that. be interesting to see whether they still hold that, you know, quality and whether they're still that fun to play. Yeah, it's. I always think it is cool. Like it's going to be preserve the games for one thing, and to give you people a chance to play them. And I always, I always find it interesting when they re they totally remake games like that. It's not just an up res. It's like when they do the Resident Evil game. Yeah, they remade it. They remade it completely. And I, I'd like to see what the vision of like that is in modern graphics or what have you. So I thought that was cool, um, but I don't really care about that. Kelsey, do you even know who Crash Bandicoot is? <laughs> Yes, I do, right. and I'm going to play it. I've played Crash Bandicoot. Just, just checking. It is a little bit before your time. <laughs> ooga booga. Uh, what else do we have here? Wipeout, the Wipeout Omega Collection got announced, which was kind of neat. Okay, I, that, I hope, is a way for it to like pave the way if they want to make another one. That's, yeah. I feel like that's very much a, if this game sells, maybe we'll make another one. And that's a game series that people really love, so that's cool. Yeah, I like those games. Yeah. Um, a lot of trailers for things that are coming out semi soon yeah resident evil 7 yes um that um they updated that demo as well yes so that's out now that people can play it um i haven't got a chance to check it out yet but you can play that and, and the trailer was good I, I it it's got it had a has a kind of a silent hill vibe to it like a very like like the ending of that trailer was like this weird sort of ethereal like come come back to me you know it, it which is a very Silent Hill feeling thing to me. I don't know that that game is fascinating to me because they've started to sort of divulge what it is a little bit more. They've started to say like they are very cagey at first, but is this does it have traditional Resident Evil mechanics in it, or is it like a Outlast like run away from danger game? But we started to figure out that there's going to be weapons, there's going to be puzzles, there's going to be stuff like that. So there is stuff in it that is more traditionally Resident Evil. And I think the the developer said like it's the ultimate vision of what the first game was always meant to be or something like that. So that 
it has me confused because it seems so different, but there was a hint in that trailer of like an underground facility. There was one there was one shot of the trailer that looked like it could have been like a a tech lab or something like that. So that is a game my wife and I will be playing in January. So I, I look bet. I look forward to checking it out. Um continuing with uh this is coming out soon, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yep. Uh, which I don't want to see anything else. Yeah, it looks so cool. Looks it looks great. great. That game, but I that don't, game looks great. awesome. Yeah. I don't want to see anything else from that game. No, no I don't need to see anything else <laughs> um, from it either, but it's cool. There was some interesting stuff, though. I did like the trailer showed like other stuff than just her on that one like plane hunting. Yeah. There was some other stuff there. Which... I turned it off. I didn't want to watch. Oh, really? Yeah, I was okay. like, I've seen enough. Okay. Uh, speaking of um, <laughs> The Last Guardian, yes. they were like, let's show another trailer. Which is out today when today. this podcast comes yes. out. Um, hear about that in the next podcast for sure. That uh, PS4 action game Neo, yeah, with yeah. that like Japanese esque Dark Souls, yeah, like Samurai. Thing. It's weird yeah. to say Japanese Dark Souls since right, from Samurai. Yeah, it's like more like Samurai ish Dark Souls, but yeah, it seems to have a, like a good combat system and yeah. snappy and stuff like that. I played the demo of it a couple of months ago, <laughs> yeah. and it was hard. Yeah, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Visually, that game looks like nothing else out there. It looks amazing. Yeah, it looks good. That was it for like the games that are coming out semi soon. Yeah. Um, they showed off a trailer for Gravity Rushes Two single player expansion, yeah. which lets you play as the other girl. Which is weird since Gravity Rush Two isn't even out yet. Yeah, weird. <laughs> <It> <laughs> there was, a, a, weird there was a lot of weird stuff announced like in the middle of the show. Well, that trailer started. I was like, and I haven't played Gravity Rush, but I've seen a lot of trailers and stuff, and so I was like, this looks like Gravity Rush, but I know this isn't the girl that you play as in Gravity yeah. Rush. Speaking of weird destiny. Oh yeah, the, the the winter update. Yeah, Sparrow Racing, new loot, new quests. The one Ice thing that they introduced that was like they bring it back, Icebreaker. The one thing that, that they introduced there that seemed kind of like you should have done this a while ago, but I understand why you're waiting because you're hoping to keep people going. Uh, was like strike scoring, yeah. like get a team of guys together and see who can get the highest score at the mm. end. Like that seems like something that should have been in the game during. Rise of Iron. Mm-hmm. Like, go, go back and play all the strikes now. Here you go. Right. But they're just really trying to, like, get every a- inch out of that gas tank yeah. until Destiny 2. We're, like, on the whole last hurrah at this point, I think. Yeah. One more update probably after this, maybe two. Yeah. Uh, but, yep, uh, so strike scoring and spar racing are now permanent additions to the game, um, which is cool if you like those things. Oh, wait, spar racing is Supposedly spar racing is a permanent oh, thing wow. now. Because they put a timing. It's December 13th to, like... January fifteenth. I had read that it was permanent. Okay, but who knows? I could be. I could be wrong about that. But I, d- I know I did read that. Yeah. Um. Then we can get to the whole like, hey, here's a JRPG block <laughs> where they dropped uh, another trailer for Nino Kuni two, which they announced at the <laughs> last PSX. <laughs> Kelsey, and Kelsey like, yes, <laughs> I am fucking stoked for that game. <laughs> Me too. I'm so excited. <laughs> and it looks so pretty. It looks gorgeous. It's a really good looking game. So cute. Yeah. What was the name of that Welsh psychic you had in that first game, Hugh? Oh, God. I can't remember. Mr. Mr. Droopsy or something? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he looked like a walking nose. Yes, he is exactly what like. Yeah. yeah. Did somebody... Oh, I think that was on the Bombcast. Somebody mentions that... Or it was... Rob, I think, wanted that person to be... Remember when we did, like, the categories and it was, mm-hmm. like, character of the year? Yes. It was Rob. <laughs> Good old Rob. Um... They announced Let It Die is available now. Yeah, it's out. It's free right now. I played that game. Yeah. We can it's talk about that. Fun. We'll we talk about talk, that later. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, looking for more things here. There's a couple things on here that I didn't even see. Um, they did their whole indie block. Yes, which was a good it was a good segment. It was a good segment. Um Geo Corsi came out with the Vita in his hand. Geo Corsi should just do everything for them because <laughs> he's 
personable. Mm-hmm. He, he's not a suit on stage, which a lot a lot of them try and have personality. Shuhei Yoshida has personality. Mm-hmm. Sean Layden really tries. <laughs> Um, Phil Spencer has <laughs> has a good amount, but they're still like yeah. As far as like executives go, Sean Layden's pretty good. He is really good. Yeah, I I, I I can't take that away from him. But he's got a little bit of that like robot about him, where he's like a little bit. I am so excited for this to happen. <laughs> Don't you love Wipeout? <laughs> Video <Yes>. games. <laughs> but Gio, of course, he's really good. Yeah, he's good. Um, and so he came out and was like pushing the Vita, uh, as he's known to do. Uh, so um. Pyre from Supergiant Games, mm-hmm. which Bobby and I bands at uh, yeah, yeah. Bastion Transistor. Yeah. Uh, they're stepping into multiplayer for the first time. Mm-hmm. Their new game is weird. It's this story-based game around sports mm-hmm. teams doing these weird sports. Yeah, it's... It's not even like... A, I'm not explaining it, it correctly. It like Samurai Jack. Yeah, it's like this, like... The, the, in the world, there's a trial they have to go through, which is this Pyre game or whatever, and they're yeah. almost like gladiators going from place to place. And well, it's going to be turned there by story, and it's a three-on-three like game inside the universe with teams, with teams. But you—it's a single-player game. Like there's team banners and stuff like that. Yeah, um, but they're adding a multiplayer mode, which, which is, is one-on-one. Yeah, yeah, and that's new for them. Yeah, um, <clears throat> there was a couple other really great ones. Um, the game will look amazing. That's for damn sure. Oh yeah, no matter what happens, Absolutely. look and sound amazing. What if we both love this one? <laughs> what if we're both like, actually, this is better than the other two? What if we both hate it? Because then, then we'll at least, and then we'll also have something to agree on. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely the worst of the three games. You two never agree. It's true. Um, what was uh, some of the other ones here? Windjammers. Oh yeah, Windjammers, which is one of the building the list things. Yes, if you're a giant list. bomb fan, it's a it's a good day. Yes. Um, this list is all completely out of order. I apologize. It's all right. Um, there was a bunch of games that indie block that I liked a lot. They showed um, oh, I can't remember the name of the game. Well, they did show off that uh, vein. Vane, oh yeah. Vane and um, the other one began with an A. Absolver. Absolver. Which Absolver. is a uh, digital devolver. Yeah. Um, yeah, Vane was made by people who who were on the team who made Ico, I think. Oh, really? I think so, yeah. Oh. I, I may be making that up, but I'm sure on the trailer it said, like, made by members of Team Ico or something like that. Okay. Uh, they showed off that, what was that, near Automatica game? Yes. By Platinum, yeah, which is, I guess, a remake of an older game, and uh, Danganronpa Volume Three. Oh yeah, showed that as well. Yeah, that's right. Um, there's a couple of things here that like, I didn't even know about. What's that game's name? It's on here. I just lost it. Oh wait, Knack Two. They announced. Yeah, well, I was saving that. Okay. for the end. I saved the best for the end, right? <laughs> I'm I'm actually looking forward to that. The well, first one was fun. Shut it was up, flawed, you. But shut up, it you. It was okay. The only person in the world who's excited about Knack 2 other than Mark Cerny. My, my, <laughs> I know quite a few people who enjoyed Knack. Thank you very much. You and your fiancé don't count. <laughs> um, Move or Die. That was the game I was looking for, which is the game I saw at PAX a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, Move or Die. party game. Yeah. Uh, they announced that was coming to PS4. They did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know like, There was a couple of things they announced. Like They did that whole block of, like, I'm just going to show you um, clips from games and not name them. And not even, like, usually when they do that, they'll put up, like, a, a sizzle reel of a whole bunch of games. And at the end, they'll throw up all the names on a screen. They didn't do that this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this game that I saw that I was super excited about called Strafe, which is a yeah. kickstarted game. Um, I had heard about it through Giant Bomb. I, I watched uh, Jeff play it, 
And it's like an old school Doom esque shooter where like dumbed down graphics, mm-hmm. um, but with like interesting mechanics about it. Um, and like they showed literally half a second of that, and I was like, I know that game. And mm-hmm. it, you and me were like texting back and forth trying to figure out what yeah. the name of it was. It's Strafe. That game's ex- uh, that, I'm super excited. That's coming to PS4. There was a game called Dreadnought that they yes that Dreadnought, they yeah. uh, which is like a a sh- space carrier yeah ship game it reminds me of when they announced with last year was dead star right that they released yeah i've played i've played dreadnought though it's much more tactical than that so it's like eight ships in a map Mm. and some of the ships move really really slow um but have like a lot of armor and it's about like tactical placement and taking them it's almost like battleships in space Mm -hmm. okay as a video game uh, Lara Croft Go is out now on yes. PS4 and and I think and PC and Xbox One I think but it's out and you can buy it now. Um, it's like seven bucks right now. Yeah, uh, I'm. Yeah, I think it's discounted for PlayStation Plus users as well. I'm anxious to check it out because I love Hitman Go and I also really love DSX Go and Lara Croft Go is the only one I haven't played so definitely gonna check that out. I'm gonna pick that up as well. Yeah, I mean that was pretty much it. I um, mean they're bringing two Yakuza games the two to, Yakuza to the West. Games. Uh, they're doing that. Um, they announced a couple of. Well, they, they talked about the VR mode in Ace Combat, and they yeah. talked about that. I may have skipped past that. Oh, God, I can't remember the name of the game. The VR... I didn't even realize they were still making Ace Combat games. They announced Ace Combat 7 at the last PSX. At the last PSX, and this one, there's there oh, a okay. VR mode. Um, there was like a... It almost kind of looked like rigs. There was like a new battle. Oh, Star Blood Arena. Star Blood Arena. Okay. A new VR battle game that, that was coming out. And they had like a sizzle reel for the VR stuff. But it was like five games, and they like repeated them over and over again. This is a real. It, it, it did not paint a rosy picture of the future of of their development for that. Dino stuff. Frontier is one of the PSVR games. Yes, Dino Frontier. Um, that was another one that they talked about. But yeah, but it was overall like there was a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of announcements that came 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 out very quickly. Um, and, and then, then the they, last one, they ended it with a banger. <laughs> oh God, yes. Oh God. <laughs> Okay, Hugh, calm down. He was really excited about this. <laughs> Hugh, why don't you tell the folks at home what's co- what, what their final announcement was? Oh, man. Well, you've you got to picture the scene. Like, I'm sat there in my <laughs> living room, and he was like, we're going we're gonna to leave you with something. And I was just like, right, everybody shut the hell up. I'm watching this because this needs to be what I want it to be. So I sit down, and then there's, like, trees come up. I'm like, shit, there's trees in The Last of Us. This is looking promising. And then it's like <laughs> there's a dilapidated trees car. in the last of us. It's a video game. The Last of Us was a video game. Yeah. So obviously this yeah, is the Last exactly. of Us. I'm I'm you know, I I was trying to be optimistic. And then there was it was a dilapidated car and I was like, shit, there's dilapidated cars in The Last of Us too. <laughs> oh my god, this is amazing. And then it panned back and then there was that road sign with the firefly uh fireflies logo on it and I just lost my shit. I was like, Yes. I thought that's all they were gonna show. It. Oh really? I really thought that was it. Because they were like, it's very early, but we want it. Like, I thought, like, they, I thought the whole conference was a little bit weak. So I'm like, they want, they knew, they knew that, and they wanted to end it with, like, hey, this is coming. So I, I was shocked that, that we got to see anything more than yeah, that. Cause yeah. Because after, after the Firefly logo came, it's like, it, it's like a, it fades out, and you're like, oh, okay. And then I thought I was expecting the logo to come up, and then it's, you know, went to the whole rest of the trailer. But, oh, man. Damn, did I, I, I went nuts when when I realized actually what it was. I, I cried. cannot wait for The Last of Us 2. <laughs> I was texting my friend like updates because he couldn't watch it. I was like, The Last of Us 2 is happening. He was like, 
fuck off, you're lying to me. I was like, no, seriously, it's happening. And then he just texted me back. He's like, no word of a lie. I just ran up and down the stairs in my house screaming. My girlfriend thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> so you cried, Kelsey? Yes. It was it was the mix of like excitement and then her, her trembling and she had to close her fist so that she would stop and play the guitar. Oh my God. <laughs> had a lot of feelings. <laughs> so mad <laughs> and her tattoo on her arm and her face and joel oh my god just oh, it was perfect the game could be just that and i'll cry yeah when he just walks in he's like are you really gonna do this kiddo i was just like oh yes. yeah i know <laughs> give it to me now should i tell him that fan theory no i think we should leave that theory on the table um it's a good one it's though. a good theory uh, and now when oh, I, I want to know now. Now when I watch yeah, the trailer, I really know. that's all I can think of. Okay, you tell. So um, I went to Kotaku, and Kotaku had like uh, the the post about it, and like one of the top comments was this guy's fan theory is like Joel's not actually there; Joel's dead, and that <gasps> she's just imagining him. And the game will take oh. place and show like a little bit of like they'll have like back and forth flashes, and that that's why she's talking to Joel and saying like I'm going to find them, I'm going to kill them all. And he's just there, like, as a figment of her imagination. Like, she's revenging his yeah. death. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're going to make me cry again. That, it's yeah, a theory. That it's, it's not, it's not, um, we don't know that. All we do know is that the... Um, you play as Ellie. You play as Ellie. Yeah. And uh, it's a couple of years later. She's 19 now. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just Neil Druckmann, not Bruce Straley with him. Yeah, directing it. Um, and the composer is back. The composer is back. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said that this is a game about hate. Yeah. Um, whereas the first game, they, I forget what the, the words they used. They said for it was it. about love. Love. I, I, uh, I was like, did they say love? Cause it doesn't feel right. Okay. But if <laughs> yeah. that, if that game was about love, yeah. then what does their game look like when it's about hate? Yeah. So it could go some really dark places. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the, um, the spin that the trailer looks like it's giving you is like, you thought the first one was bad. Yeah. This one's going to, this yeah. one's going to hurt in some bad places. <clears throat> Can I tell you how I felt about the trailer? How did you feel, Bobby? So, I felt slightly disappointed. Oh, we talked about this. That's right. Yeah, I felt disappointed a, a little bit. Now, l- let me let me let me cover the statement by saying that I love The Last of Us uh, a, a, a a huge amount, and I'm sure whatever this game will be, it will be great. Uh, but I felt like the end of The Last of Us put a cap on that story for me. And it felt like such a singular thing. And I did not want this franchise to become the thing that goes like, okay, every couple of years, here's a new Last of Us story where, you know, Joel and Ellie or Ellie or Joel have like their like, you know, depressing apocalyptic adventures and then and then we'll come back over a couple of years, you know? I feel like it takes away some of the heft of the game for me. Um, so I was, I was... I was thinking, okay, they'll do their last of us, but it won't be Joel and Ellie again. It will be somebody, somebody else. else. And this will just be sort of their like anthology about either this specific plague or just like this idea of the last of humanity sort of trying to survive and trying to keep their humanity in the face of really disturbing and disgusting circumstances. And so when when they cut to her playing the guitar. Like I, it was a very weird feeling for me because I was like, "Oh my god, that's Ellie!" Like really excited to see that character, and because I love one of the best characters ever created in in video games, 
but also sort of sad because I really wanted them to leave that away from sort of like the franchise mentality that sort of envelops not just video games, but all media at this point. You know, I I thought it would have been Mm -hmm. nice if it just had been the last of us is a game that we made. And even though people are screaming for us to make a sequel um, and it makes all sense in the world because it sold great and and it will make a ton of money. We're not going to do it because that's the story you wanted to tell. And they've said in the interviews that like it took them a really long time. They they they, they scrapped a, a ton of stories. Yeah. They went back and forth, and they almost gave up on it. Yeah, they weren't going to yeah, do they it. They said it nearly didn't happen. Yeah, they weren't going to do it unless they found the right story. So when I, that's when I when I say I have no doubt the game will be great. I just part of me just wishes that they left it alone and that they did something new because that was also was so great about The Last of Us when it came out was they had done three Uncharted games, and it was so nice to see them doing something else. And this is only the second Last of Us game. I do love that it's called The Last of Us Part 2. It gives a really classy feeling to it. But mm-hmm. I do wish wish they had left it alone. I get that. Yeah. Like I, A lot of... I felt that way as well. Mm. Um, the whole time people were like, are they going to do it? Are they not going to do it? Are they going to do it? Like I could have... I would have been fine either way. Because I felt like they really... That game's um, ending was perfect. Yeah. It, it gave you a sense of like closure, but left you wanting a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But you're like, I don't know if I want to see any more. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that said, if you haven't played The Last of Us, go play it. Yeah. And the cool thing with the ending, and I think the reason why, if it had been some big, like, dramatic thing at the end of the game, I would have been fine with another one. But the way they end it is, like you said, they put a cap on it, but they, it's also so open ended. You yeah. can take, like, what you want from it. You can take the final look on her face to mean. Ten different things. Just about anything. Yeah. And, and I loved that ambiguity of it. But the thing is, like, with Uncharted, and we talked about this, mm-hmm. with Uncharted 3, if they had never made an Uncharted game, we'd be like, well, they wrapped up that trilogy really, really well, mm-hmm. not knowing that four years later they would make a fourth one that would wrap it up more perfectly than we could have mm-hmm. imagined. And yeah. so, like, that's my feeling with this, is, like, they wouldn't come back here unless they had like a really good reason to. And even though we think that it's a perfect ending or like a, like a very good ending, they have the track record that makes me want to just be like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. These guys obviously do. So I'm going to just go with like, okay, they must have a better story for us to hear. Yeah. And so we'll see what it is. Yeah. Sometime in 2019. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And they were saying, I think they've got one of the, one of the original writers on the first game has left, but they've taken one of the writers from Westworld on in, in their place. So oh, really? there's, there's some serious writing talent behind that game. So fingers crossed. Well, I mean, the, the interesting thing about, about The Last of Us was it had one writing credit on it. It was just written by the writer. It was, it was, it was written by one person, I think. As far as I remember. Oh, okay. As far as credit fa- goes. I'm going to fact check you. Yeah, on me, look, look, but I, I feel like I feel like when the game came out, there was a big deal made about it because it wasn't a team. It was, it was just one person who, who had written the game, but or got the credit for writing the, writing the game, at least. I don't know what that means in actuality behind the scenes. It says right on, um, I mean, this is not the best place to go for this information. Wikipedia lists everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, for like artists, there's two people listed, but for writers, it's just Druckmann. Just Druckmann, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he wrote the but, screenplay for the movie that was supposed to happen too. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he does without Bruce Daly because they did Uncharted <laughs> Four together, they did yeah. Uncharted Two together, they did The Last of Us together. So this is Druckmann's first go into, uh, you know, single. Yeah, a single director. Single director. He didn't direct Uncharted Two. 
Yeah, they did. The two of them did it together. I thought Amy Hennig directed Uncharted. No, two. she did four. She did three, and she was doing four. No, I thought she did. She I'm positive. I thought she did one, two, and three. Look it up. <laughs> Fact check me. Um, again. it'll be co-written by Westworld writer Hallie Gross. Oh, cool. So it's gonna be Druckmann. Neil Druckmann. Okay, cool. That's neat. Uh, looking, look, definitely looking forward to it. For for sure. Directors, okay. I take it back. It was Bruce Straley and Henning. Okay. So Bruce Straley had done two. I had known that when they took over four, they, people were comfortable with it like, outside with Amy Henning leaving mm. because I had thought it was Druckmann, mm. but it was his partner, Straley, yeah. was also doing Uncharted 2. Co-director with Amy Henning yeah. on Uncharted 2. Gotcha. All right. Um, and Druckmann wrote it. Oh, okay. So... Uh, Quick, just a quick catch up. That's all the announcements, right? That's all we got. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, very quickly, I just want to say that uh, I've put about seven hours into Final Fantasy 15, and I am really, really enjoying it so far. Like, I'm really it's into very it. Very good. Yeah. Um, I really like the combat system. The world is very strange. Um, but I'm I'm getting into it. I'm starting to dig it. So definitely lost like three or four hours of their night to it, just sort of without even realizing it. So that's that's a good sign. It's a real Have good you... sign hit chapter three yet um i'm not sure basically where the the part where um you get rid of the like roadblocks oh no i haven't gotten to, i haven't removed the roadblocks yet i think i'm just oh. about there i just did the dungeon where you get the second like spectral sword thing oh you're not you're not far off then yeah no. when you when you do that the game really starts to come into its own then because you can you get out into the world and you see like all these crazy massive beasts walking around and is um when you get the chance um what's his name the guy with the gun is it prompto yeah prompto yeah he mentions about uh chocobos so Mm. um go to the chocobo farm at at your first (laughs) chance and make sure you walk there because there's this lake alongside it and there's just these huge, huge beasts. Like you can't get near them because you can't go, can't go in the water. Mm-hmm. But there's just these massive beasts just walking around in it, and they they just act absolutely incredible. Cool. Um, but yeah, once once you get past that part, it actually like it opens up even more and becomes even you know even better. Neat. Yeah, I uh I I cleaned up like most of the side quests in the opening area, so I've been trying to do that stuff just so like I don't have to worry about going back to it. Yeah. Um, I was reading. Apparently, there's a post-game mechanic where you can actually somehow like go back in time and finish unfinished side quests. Yeah, yeah. Um, they say when you beat the game, you can go back into the world and do any other quest you want. Like you don't have yeah. to worry about that. And apparently, you don't really have to grind at all to get to beat the game if you just kind of played the story missions. Yeah, said so you're pretty much able just to do that. Um, yeah, because apparently later on in the game, it does start sort of pushing you yes. towards the end yeah i've heard that so. once you once you get past a certain point it kind of cuts you off from going back but after you finish the story you can go back and do whatever you want yeah so that's cool but yeah i'm really enjoying it i'm uh, I, i'm really looking forward to to going through it and, and uh digging in deeper and uh hugh you played a little of that let it die game which is which is uh relevant to this this discussion what did you think about it first of all yeah it's really hip tough on the trailer because the trailer is fucking crazy it's like it's a roguelike, basically. You're yeah. You're kind of cl- climb this tower, literal tower, um, and if you die, you get sent back to the beginning, and you have to start it all over again. There are sort of like 
checkpoints you can you can initiate where you can take an elevator up to the to a floor that you left off on um but yeah it's it's like uh, it's a roguelike with a crazy style it's grasshopper manufacturer which i didn't even realize before which if they don't know people don't know that is um suda 51 who made uh killer seven and no more, no more heroes. heroes uh he also <clears throat> i believe um what was that game that like it was him and the resident evil dude souls of the damned shadows of the damned yeah um where you had a gun that was like a penis uh and then um you did that that weird cheerleader <laughs> that weird cheerleader game lollipop chainsaw okay yeah i love that game so yeah so really weird style and this game is super weird weird <laughs> on, yeah. on the go it's it's like <coughs> the roguelike version of borderlands meets mortal kombat with more insanity thrown in <laughs> alongside not, it. It's pretty good. Bad. It's a yeah. pretty good way to describe that game. Yeah. Um I, I, I quite quite good fun with it so far. I think I've um I actually came across um yours and Justin's um dead people. Oh yeah? Um, Hopefully I beat the crap out of them. you. Oh, <laughs> At some point, yeah. Well, to be fair, you guys were level one, and I think I was like level twelve. So, uh, okay. Oh, yeah. damn, Hugh, you put some time into this thing. <laughs> yeah, I was saying, I think I'm up to like um, eighteen. You do level up pretty damn fast, mm. to be fair. Like I didn't even notice. Um, but yeah, it's good fun. It's um, I'm not. Sh- I'm gonna have to put a bit more time into it to see if it actually has a bit more variety to it because at the moment it is sort of just go through the levels kill things which i imagine what it the basis of the vast majority of the game is going to be but um you do start unlocking quests which gives you like objectives to Hmm. to achieve which will give you like extra xp and new items and stuff but there's this whole thing with like um finding blueprints and crafting weapons and i think there's going to be like an online store um so there's bound to be like in-game purchases and so on and so forth. Well, there are a lot of microtransactions. Yeah, well, it's um, free. So yeah, yeah. 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 So um, yeah, I don't know what what you know how far on the side of play to win it's gonna err on, but um, no, it's it's good fun for free for a free game. It's um, you know, it's it's really really cool, and for it to be like just dropped out of the blue like that is um pretty unusual, um, and it's it's. It's a hefty download as well for for a free game. Yeah, twenty six gigs. I think it's push. Yeah, yeah. So it's um it's a sizable game. So, um yeah, it's good fun. I'd I'd recommend it to anybody. Like I said, for for free, you can't go wrong. It's it's a game that costs nothing and it's good fun. So, as you do, it has sort of like the uh, I will say the best I can say is like Dark Souls thing where like the right trigger is your right hand, the left trigger is your left your your left hand. Um, and you can carry like three weapons on each hand, and you switch them by hitting right D-pad. or left on the D pad. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was horrible at it, <laughs> and I think because <laughs> I think because I was trying to be too tactical about it, I think I just needed to go up and just start slugging guys. But I was like, just being trying to be too fancy uh, about yeah, it. Yeah, it's not. You know the the combat mechanics aren't exactly technical. It's basically a case of if you see someone's about to strike you, just press circle to dodge and then counter it yeah um but you know there's a hell of a lot to be said for having a buzzsaw in one hand and a hot iron in the other Mm -hmm. and just switching between the two and just buzzing people and there's some really cool finishing moves in there's like one where you basically just like 
pick the guy up and like rest him across your shoulders and just squeeze him until he explodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's one where um, I think what the finishing move with the iron is you basically just pin them on the floor and just squash their head whilst burning it with the iron until <laughs> again it explodes. So yeah, it's just, it's just crazy ass fun to be honest. And there's a there's a neat mechanic I think in the fact that. Uh, you can pick up weapons and items and gear and stuff, and you can either put them on your person or you can put them in your death bag, which basically yes. means that when you die, you get to keep them. So there's like a push pull oh, of sort of like I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's like if, maybe if, maybe if you're pretty low on health and you find a cool item, maybe just stick it in your death bag because you're probably gonna die before at some point. And then if you die, your like zombie corpse has that weapon, and so they're yeah. stronger. I th- yeah, I I think as you kill other you come across other players like dead bodies as you kill them they get put into like this vault mm-hmm. you have and then you can set you can then send them out and and as they kill other players if they do you get rewards for it and stuff so that's that's quite a cool thing and um, it also gives you <laughs> is a that how that mechanic works i thought it was um if you don't kill your dead body you leave them in the level it can kill others no, I, th- I I do think if you kill oh. if you kill other people's zombies or whatever you want to call them, they do go into this vault, and then you can you can put them on, like in, you can dot them around, um, around the game. Then on you know depending on whatever level they are, mm. you can put them where you think they'll best oh, be suited okay. to like kill other players. Um, and then it also it does start you off with a certain amount of you get like these little like rainbow skull there's like this rainbow skull emblem up in the corner and i think when you die you get like this insurance thing so you can basically resurrect yourself on the spot if you're you know if you're having a good run or something you can res yourself there and then and carry it on um so there is that kind of like you know if you have that those things which i I guess once you use the original allotment of they probably become fairly rare but you can like resurrect yourself if you're in the middle of a good run and you have one of those things and carry it on and hopefully you know push on to the end to the end of the level so yeah it's quite there's quite a lot lot of cool stuff in it so yeah i think it's one of those things that i'll throw an hour into here and there just uh you know in between massive sessions of final fantasy i think nice cool so we we should do some listener questions before we get out of here yeah Justin, I saw you perusing the list. I was perusing. Do you have one you wanna you wanna hit? Yeah. Um we should definitely hit the two that <clears throat> have never written to us before. Okay. Said we were gonna do that last week. So uh this is from Gregory Cook. He says, Hey all longtime listener from the early days of Talking Comics. I was listening to the Talking Games and heard Justin's call for those anti Twitter people to reach out. So here I am after all this time. I just wanted to say thanks to all those involved in making it for this content. I'm always refreshing my Stitcher feed for you guys. Uh now for games. Are any of you guys doing anything different on Skyrim Special Edition than you did on the previous consoles besides mods? Um, and then he also asked what was going on with um, Batman Telltale, but he asked about a certain character, which I think is a little bit of a spoiler um, if you haven't really watched the trailers. If you've watched the trailers, you've seen him, but if uh, you haven't, then I'll keep that one, I'll keep that one on the side. Um, but are we doing anything different um, with uh, Skyrim Special Edition other than mods? Like, Are you playing a different way? Um, did you start going in a different direction than you did your first time and so on and so forth? I haven't started it yet. 
But I plan on doing things much differently this time around. I went to Winter... It's not Winterfell, because that's Game of Thrones. Yes. I forget what they call it. Winter something. The, basically, the Mage's Castle. Yeah. And uh, I became Headmaster Mage before I even did the first story quest. <laughs> um, so I plan on doing something completely different. I might be, go do, I think it's um, one of the werewolf quests and go see what I can get into over there. Or maybe I just might beat the game first and then get some of the really cool shouts and then go do some of the side stuff that I never got to do. Is this the imaginary Justin that's actually going to play through all of Skyrim again? I'm going to play some of it. Yeah. At some point in the future. But now you said, when I beat the game. <laughs> oh, well, the, the main story mission is only what, like, Four or five hours? I don't know. You, you, yes, if you could play it all straight through, but I think I don't think you can play it all straight through. I'm pretty sure you could play it. <clears throat> you can't get to the ending area like without doing a bunch of like leveling. I think. Oh, okay. Like, where you have to fly on the dragon's back because you have to get pretty leveled up to do that shit. It's Skyrim. I'll go back and play it at some point. Okay. I'm going to. I promise. I did buy it. All right, uh, Hugh. I know you bought it. And you play a little bit of it, right? Are you doing anything differently? Yeah. Um. Unusually for me, I'm going down like the tank route this time, so I'm playing it kind of like Jackie Turner style. Um, so, I can, so forever? I'm, yeah, forever. Yeah, definitely not forever. But just trying to make my guy like as ridiculously super OP as possible, and just get to the point where I can just flick things with my little finger and go, <laughs> "Yeah, you're dead now." Um, <laughs> But yeah, Skyrim and games like that are definitely the type of thing where I just I'll end up getting distracted from the main quest for ages. So by the time I do come to do the story missions, I'm like massively overpowered anyway. So yeah, I'm just gonna get tanked and hope. I'm hoping at some point to find a helmet with some big horns on it and a big feathery coat to wear just to finish off the look as well as being badass. So that's where I'm going with it. If I do play it again, I'm going to play it as a total asshole. That's all I'm going to play it as. <laughs> Douchebag. Mm-hmm. Douchebag run. All right. I usually play those games pretty like morally if I can, but yeah. But th- this time now, I'll just play it. Like I, can't I'll play it like I can't do that. I can't just run into a town and start stabbing everybody. Well, no, because then I'll just get killed. And then I'll never be able to buy leather bracelets from that vendor ever again because the whole town hates me. It's true. Kelsey, what about you? Uh, I'm, I probably won't play it. I know it sounds really cool, but... Did you play the first one? No, no, no. Oh, okay. None of them. It's too... Too big? Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 I mean, the best thing about those games is, like, I'm terrible at open world games. Um, what does that I, even mean? Well, like, I, I get distracted. You play a lot of them. I, I do play a lot of them. I'm talking about, like, the big, like, 80, 90 hour ones. Oh, yeah. Is like I don't do the main quests or anything, and I I, I do get like easily overwhelmed. That's why like mm-hmm. I've never really dug that hard into The Witcher because mm-hmm. like there's just too much to do. Mm-hmm. But what's good about the Bethesda ones is is like you just start and you're like you're like go this way. You're like nah, mm-hmm. and you can just walk and level up on your own, doing your own. Like I'm just gonna walk in this direction until the game doesn't let me anymore, and now I'm gonna go north or south. And also, if I play it again, I'm gonna mod the shit out of it. I'm gonna activate a ton of those mods. Yeah. Supposedly they just get it on PC then. I don't care about that. I know you don't, but I'm saying I would assume they would disable achievements and trophies. I know because I wouldn't think really easy. You know, I wouldn't think for like certain things, like although like maybe like graphical enhancements or whatever, they would do that. It's probably just like a blanket thing where it's like they can't if they see the injection of the the code or whatever, they're gonna cut it off. Cut it off right there, right right the kneecaps. Um, so uh, we got one just actually I think the other day from uh. Uh, Badney Gruen. We're not, it's not really take a big answer, but he says 
Uncharted 4 Legacy, is it a test? Can an Uncharted game find success without Nathan Drake? Yes. Yes, it can. I, I also agree that it can. They're very good at world building, storytelling, mm-hmm. and pretty things. Yes. So I think they'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Bring um, on the badass ladies, that's what I say. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm going to read this question from, well, it's more of like a, a statement from Rebecca, which is the, the last one on the list here. Um, hi talking games podcast i've been listening to your podcast for a while and i decided i should finally write in i want to let you know how much i love it thank you so much for all the hard work you put into it i really enjoy it and i think it was the first gaming podcast i started listening to regularly i get very excited when i see a new episode downloaded in my podcasts i get games based off what you talk about and i love listening to the top ps4 games episodes i think everyone on the podcast is great but i have to say i find myself agreeing with justin the most thanks please stop listening to our podcast rebecca you obviously have your taste i I agree with justin (laughs) on everything (laughs) i am listening to your listener questions episode and i was surprised to hear you say that indie games tend to have better stories i honestly have to disagree i find indie game stories to be incoherent or incomplete quite a bit of the time maybe i just haven't played enough of them but for instance i found firewatch broken age and everybody's gone to the rapture stories all very unsatisfying i was very into broken age until the second half then it stopped making any sense to me I thought Firewatch was kind of all over the place with the story, didn't have closure in the ending, and I felt that everybody's gone to the rapture, tried too hard to be deep and complex. I thought that Child of Light had a great story, but I don't think that counts as an indie game. If I think of the most popular AAA games, I think that most of them have amazing stories. If you have any other indie recommendations for me that are great story-wise, I'd love to hear them. Thanks again for the podcast. Sincerely, Rebecca. Uh, can, I, can I make some suggestions? Of course not, Kelsey. What do you think you're on this podcast for? <laughs> Stop taking liberties. <laughs> I just wanted to say, like, um, for me personally, I enjoy uh, indie games for their story, but I will not argue that AAA uh, games don't have good stories. Like, my two favorite games, The Last of Us, clearly amazing story, and Overwatch with their shorts and everything, like, I found they were able to tie in the world with great stories. That's not in the so game, though, I, Kelsey. Overwatch does not count. You, you Why? can give a lot of bonuses to Overwatch because it's not in the game. They're like they're like little movies. It counts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have three recommendations that I really like. Okay. They're Undertale. Hello. Okay. Uh, it's pretty popular now, but when it came out, it was pretty indie. I love that game. You should really give it a try. Uh, an indie game that doesn't even have a story, but I still really like was Super Meat Boy. Mm. Um, it's a platformer. It's extremely difficult sometimes. It's just overall cute art, cute uh, character. And a game that came out this year that I really liked, and the story within it was amazing, but not clear. So the more you played, the more you understood the story. It's Hyperlight Drifter. Oh, okay. And and yeah, and how you solve the the story is talking to people through pictures and through each, like, advancement you make in the game you learn more things but it takes a lot of like paying attention to the pictures and the landscape and your character to figure out the story mm-hmm. you like super light uh, super oh is it hyper light drifter i did kelsey you don't have to ever worry about playing a hard game again yeah. like th- that game is brutal <laughs> kelsey's like by the way i beat demon souls yeah. i'm hard <laughs> That game, I, 
really like that game. game a lot. That game is super hard and it's frustrating. Brutal game, for sure. It, it really was. It yeah. really was. You don't have to ever worry about playing anything on hard. <laughs> no. Any game that we say to you, you'd be like, oh, I don't think I'm good enough to play it. You're definitely good enough to play it. Just as a statement to what Rebecca was saying mm. about indie games and like the un- unsatisfying endings, mm. I find that a lot of the games that we talk about with indies this year, um, she mentioned Everybody's Gone to the Rapture mm-hmm. and Firewatch, mm-hmm. and I'd even put Inside on that list. Mm-hmm. A lot of the games I could agree with in that you don't get that satisfying conclusion to the game. Mm-hmm. You're not getting the the I'm gonna you know the book is closed, the story is over. A lot of the games leave you with like a very not open ending, but like a very like this is almost like in Firewatch's case, like this is real life. Mm-hmm. Like real life doesn't always mm-hmm. have that perfect storybook ending which we're so used to in playing games mm-hmm. and i mean i think that's what made um firewatch stand out to me yeah was like yeah. you know a little bit of spoilers for firewatch here but like there's no big thing actually going on mm-hmm. there it's it, when, when you get to the end of it you're like oh that's it and mm-hmm. that's what turned a lot of people off but like you're just a dude mm-hmm. you're just a dude in the woods who's trying to get away from the problems in his life yeah. and like there's no like world conspiracy mm. or big thing going on when you find out what's going on in the game it's very simple mm-hmm. and the ending of the game mm-hmm. you know wasn't what i wanted it to be but then i sat back and looked at it and realized like this isn't what this isn't clearly it's not what i wanted but it's not what the character should have mm-hmm. like and the other character in the game tells you that like yeah go back go back to your life like, yeah go mm-hmm. go go back and and find the answer to your problems mm. if they're not here. Yeah. That's unsatisfying. And I get that. The mm-hmm. ending of Inside bothers me to this day, but it's meant to be thought provoking in mm-hmm. a way. And I think a lot of indie games do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. As far as a suggestion, and I mentioned on last week's show, I thought Oxen Free is <coughs> a cool story. Yeah. Is a cool story. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. has really neat moments. Um, and for those who didn't get satisfied by like a story like Firewatches, it because you were looking for something more. Yeah. Oxen free fits that. Mold. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think it's all about, and this is analogous to movies as well. In, in some ways, it's all about what you what you're in the mood for, or what you're what you, what you want to get out of something at any given moment, right? So for me, when I watch the equivalent of most AAA video game stories, and there are there are outliers, right? Are big blockbuster movies, right? So they're like, you know, the, the Fast and Furious movies, or the Marvel movies, or whatever. Those are the kind of stories you're getting, which are big, bombastic narratives that have clear bad guys, clear good guys, and have a ending that is very explicit. That's like, this is the ending that we are telling you, and this is the pay- the payoff that you were looking for, or that we wanted you to get, and you're satisfied because it's big and it's awesome. And there's definitely a, a place for that. And when you go into playing games like any of those big games, um, I will hardline disagree that most big games have awesome stories. I think most of them have great ideas that get lost in the fact that because it's very tough to tell a story over 25 30 40 hours it's just almost impossible mm-hmm. to do it um but if you're that's what you're looking for if you're looking for um big action beats or very explicit storytelling then yeah the triple the a games are what you're going to look for but if you're in the mood for something well, like justin said which is a little subtler or has stuff that maybe you don't feel satisfied by the ending because you're not meant to feel satisfied and that's not me saying that the that what Firewatch does is better than a game that makes you feel satisfied, but they're going for different things. And I think that the reason I, we, I think what I was more trying to communicate with the indie stuff was not necessarily that they're all better, but to me, because they're less, they're touched by less people and they, their stories need to appeal to less people because they don't, they don't have the big budgets they have to pay back. They can do more 
um, unique or experimental things that big, huge games can't do. Um, and that's what I think we're talking about Firewatch, talk about inside is the same type of thing, right? It's like that ending can be taken a thousand ways and it's not necessarily a great ending. It's not, it's not a bad ending. You could kind of have to decide for yourself what kind of ending that is. And that's, that's a tougher game to approach and a tougher game to sort of talk about. Uh, to me, it's like watching Inception. Mm. Like you, you get this mm-hmm. amazing, amazing um, experience mm-hmm. all the way through the movie. And then out of nowhere, at the very end, you're left with this, did, the, did it stop spinning? Yeah, big question, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And for me, that bothered me for days. <laughs> like, I had to know. I was like on IMDb being like, no, those, those children, they were actually different actors that were older. <laughs> so it shows that time passed. But in, like stepping back, mm-hmm. you have to realize like it's meant to be thought-provoking. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the perfect analogy for a lot of indie games. Mm-hmm. It's like they aim to be more thought-provoking than your standard AAA. Of course, there are AAA games that go ahead and do that anyway, and yeah. those are amazing experiences. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, indie games want you to step back and think. Yeah. Um, I will say for me, like again, it's tough for me because if, if you didn't like Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, I mean, if you didn't like Firewatch, it's tough for me to definitely recommend games because most of the games that I love story-wise are sort of in that ballpark. But Gone Home is, is one for me for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Very similar to Firewatch. And the fact that it's going to be about what you take out of it and how you react to the characters that yeah. inhabit that world. Um, it's not a game about mechanics. It's a game about walking around, picking things up, reading things. But it tells a good story. It tells a great story. And it, it's, it's hugely affecting as far as character stuff goes. Um, that would be my kind of number one sort of yeah. uh, recommendation for an indie game that has a great story. Um, you know, there are, there's differences, though, like, I think that both the super giant games, both Bastion and Transistor, tell great stories. Um, I think Bastion's is probably this might be the reason why I actually like Bastion more. I think their story is a little bit uh, clearer and has a little bit more of a direct sort of cause and effect, beginning, middle, and end. Um, but that game has a, has a great story as well, um, and that's an indie game that I think that would be cool to, to check out. But yeah, uh, Hugh, do you have any indie game recommendations with great stories? He was not with us. Oh, he left us. Uh, his internet decided to oh. stop working. You, we love you. So he, te- I, he, I looked down and I'm like, he's like, I'm my internet crapped out. I'm gonna try and come back. And then he said, I actually can't come back because my connection won't go. Okay, but I think I didn't even uh-huh. make a sound. Yeah, the, he was just being quiet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at H underscore pause on Twitter. So follow him there. Yeah, I mean, I love, I love playing those games because I don't know what I'm gonna get. Oh, Soma is another one. Soma, Soma is good. Has an amazing story. Uh, it's an intense game. Um, so if you don't like horror stuff, uh, pr- it's not for you. It's probably not for you. But it has one of the best video game stories I- I've ever experienced in a game, um, f- for sure. So that's one as well. If you, if anybody out there listening has any good suggestions yeah. for an indie game with a story to help Rebecca out, uh, or even like a AAA one, yeah, for that sure. you think of like, hey, that we haven't mentioned yet, yeah. Give us a shout. Yeah, I mean, for me, like for AAA stuff, Alan Wake. I love the story in Alan Wake. So Spec Ops: The Line has a really good story. It's dark. Yeah, but it's good. Very dark. The Uncharted games, obviously, we talked about them before. Mm-hmm. Um, Mass Effect, like yeah, Mass Effect. Last there are us. there are tons of AAA games that have really good stories. I mean, just yeah. like there are tons of AAA um, of indie games that don't. Yeah, but the ones yeah. that you the ones that do are the ones that stand out in yeah. both fields. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because just just like in trip, the AAA space, in the indie space, there are games that are just about like Kelsey mentioned, Super Meat Boy, which is a game purely about mechanics, you know, and and yeah. 
that's the same thing in AAA. They'll have games that are like, the difference is in indie, a lot of times, a game that's just about mechanics will just be the mechanics. And in the AAA space, they need to put a story in because that's partly what sells games. So yeah. they have to be like, okay, really, we only care about is mechanics, but here's like the story we bolted on all, like super all over. Hot. Like super hot. Yes, super hot. But super hot has a little bit of a story, which is, that game is cool. Don't go to it for the story, but that game is awesome. I'm going to play that. That's a cool, cool game. Um, yeah, I think that's going to do it, though, for, for this, this week. We, we, uh, it's a beefy show. We're almost, almost two hours on, Jesus. This, on this baby. Um, we have more listener questions, so we'll get to them next week. We promise. Um, keep sending them in. Yes, please. Uh, at talking underscore games or games at talkingcombooks.com. Uh, we're going to keep, we're going to do two or three a week. So, you know, we want to make sure that we keep them piling up so we can always have a reserve of questions to, to talk about. Um, if you want to follow me personally, I'm at Bobby Shortle. Justin? Jeroke, J-O-R-O-A-K. Kelsey? Kelsamus, K-E-L-S-S-A-M-U-S. And uh, of course, Hugh, H underscore Paz on, on Twitter. Please, um, if you can, review us and rate us on iTunes. It's, it's a huge, huge help. Um, it's really the best way that you can help us advertise the show is doing that. Um, I think this is going to go up, uh, not the show, but my posting this probably midweek or late this week, but we sort of revamped the Patreon for talking comics. It's now it's like a site wide thing. And, um, we're going to start some video game specific stuff uh, on there, including a, a, a show called pints and pixels where we play a game and if it's a game we all can play together that's great um but we're gonna set up like a chat room and stuff so even if you're not playing the game you can chat with us while we're playing the game um it'll be cool it'll be fun that'll be a once a month thing um got some other ideas cooking as well so stay tuned for that stuff and there are people who have uh who've asked us about that over the mm-hmm. the the course of this show the duration of the show and um i've always been like uh, i'm not sure which we're gonna do and we i mean we we've toyed around with the idea mm-hmm. but like we said, we've got new cast members. We decided to move the show forward. Yeah. And so this is uh this is part of it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So that's gonna do it uh for this week. So this is coming out on Tuesday. So it'll be a little bit of a longer wait. You, you got a present this week because you got a shorter wait for the show. Next week it'll be out uh usual date on Thursday. But uh, thank you everybody for listening and uh thank you Justin. Thank you Kelsey. Thank you. <laughs> Justin, what the hell was that? I, ma- I wanted to mix it up today. <laughs> you threw wa- me off, Justin. I wanted to throw Kelsey off. No one thanked me. <laughs> well, that's what she was supposed she did, to she do. She did thank me. That's true. That's true. That's true. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, that uh, Justin ruined my, intro- my outro. Be good to each other, everybody. 